Sadly, lives Dozens falling ill with a mysterious virus that would ultimately change the temperature. This is the Make the Choice podcast, a series that provides a safe place for discussion on vaccine hesitancy, something that has caused a lot of confusion and division among mob in our community. A collaboration between the state Indigenous health and Indigenous media peak bodies in Queensland. The Make the Choice podcast, where we find the answers to the questions our mob have around the COVID-19 vaccine. This is the Make the Choice podcast. Hello and welcome to the Vaccine Hesitancy Podcast. My name is Danny Teese-Johnson. I'm a broadcaster here at 98.9 FM in uh, Minjum, Brisbane. And today we're talking about the COVID-19 pandemic as it continues to sweep across the globe. Um, the Delta variant wreaking havoc, uh, particularly in Victoria and New South Wales. And here in Queensland, the borders are about to open as we head into Christmas. Um, and that brings with it a range of problems around COVID-19 and the Delta variant and um, the problems it may cause for Aboriginal communities here in Queensland. Today I'm speaking with Vanessa Clements, who is an epid- epidemiologist. Did I say that correctly? You did. Hey, that's big words, big words this morning. Um, sis, can I please get you to introduce yourself? Um, firstly, uh, who you are and your mob and then go into your profession, please. Yeah, no worries. So my name's Vanessa Clements. Um, I'm living in um, Yagara Nation uh, out at Ipswich, but I'm traditionally from Cairns area um, on my dad's side. A bit of a journey in that one, but learning more about that every day. Um, I've been working in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Health for 25 years now. I've started off as an Aboriginal health worker out at Canberra Medical Centre and currently working as uh, a manager and epidemiologist within the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Health Division, Queensland Health. That's quite Um, an acronym. It is, it is, (laughs) on the COVID First Nations response team. Now, well, it's uh, a lot of experience and um, you've obviously done a lot of work for nearly a quarter of a century now for um, in Aboriginal affairs and for our mob. So, you know, thank you for that work. Uh, first of all, but can you tell me and our mob out there listening, uh, what is an epidemiologist? Um, What do you do? Okay, no worries. So an epidemiologist is someone that uh, it's about the study of disease and how it occurs. Um, I'm really passionate about that because I think uh, within Aboriginal Health, we spend a lot of time uh, looking into how different conditions are affecting our mob. So it's really important to understand that and then um, be able to translate that back to community so that they can understand so they have more informed um, choices about their health care. And I guess with, um, you know, the the current pandemic, um, COVID-19, your skill set and your expertise has come to the fore probably more than any other time in your life. Um, Can you tell us how COVID-19 has impacted you and your work and sort of the priorities around that now? Yeah, definitely. Oh, look, the the last nearly two years now it's coming on to um, that we've been working with COVID now. I'm I'm what you call an undercover epidemiologist. I didn't tell anyone for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I think it was 2008 I graduated as epidemiology and I couldn't get a job to save myself in epidemiology. So I went back to working as an Aboriginal health worker um, to be able to uh, make a living for my family and pay the mortgage. Oh, wow. Um, But uh, I found it really hard 
hard uh, to sort of crack that niche of epidemiology uh, as a profession. Um, but being uh, in the opportunity that COVID has given has made me very busy, lots of work to do. Yeah. Um, and we've some days we've had to go, you know, seven days a week, 24-7 to, to be able to produce the kind of um, information and documents that we need to um, to help mob. But... Um, Currently, uh, I can't get away from COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so it's created a, a whole new set of problems for me. So um, as much as I've said I'd like, I'd like to have a bit of a break, um, there's not many Aboriginal epidemiologists out there. So um, we're a bit sought after at the moment. So it makes us very popular. Yeah. Well, we, we need it. Um, we need to hear Aboriginal voices and we, hear, we need to hear from our Aboriginal experts so that the right information gets to our community and, you know, the mob that need to hear this sort of yarns to, you know, become really educated and uh, get vaccinated and really look after themselves. Um, let's take it back. What is COVID-19? COVID-19. Well, we're speaking to the mob at home. Like, this isn't going to yeah. be a clinical discussion. This is going to be for the mob at home, for yeah. the mobian communities. Uh, we're going to try and break down for you. What is COVID-19 and, and what's going on? Yeah, you know? no, definitely. Because we want you to get the right information. We don't want you to go to Facebook and get that information no. or TikTok or anywhere like that. We are saying this before, sis, and we'll have another yarn about that later. Um, but what is COVID-19? Yeah, so, so COVID-19 is really new and we hear a lot about it in the media and there's a lot of stuff going around um, and it's really hard for people, even myself, sometimes I think, oh, is that really true? Mm. Like I even have to do fact checks. And I, I'm, you know, in probably one of the most um, highest positions that you could actually um, know or, or get this information from. So sometimes I'm doing a lot of fact-checking as well. So I really encourage mob to do fact-checking whatever they hear um, around any of these social media um points of view because it, it can be taken out of context really quickly. COVID-19 itself is uh, uh, what we call, it's under a clinical definition, is around respiratory. So, and, and we've heard a lot that it's like flu-like and mm -hmm. all these sort of things. And it's kind of like a cousin to the flu, so it's not exactly like the flu, mm -hmm. um, but it, it has similarities. Yeah, right. But there's lots of stuff that we're finding out about COVID as the time and time progresses because it's a new thing. It's not something that um, we just found out about. Everyone in the world found out together type thing. Yes. So, so when it was launched, that's when everyone found out. So it's almost like the birth of COVID happened um, then. So everything that's happened since then is really been a learning step for the health system, um, for health professionals and, and people like myself as well as yeah, community. Yeah, for us mob. <laughs> as well as community. Yeah. So we're all learning and that's some of the reason why the messaging has changed as well. So as we learn more, the messaging changes and... Uh, the government's really trying to get the information out there quickly and that's why they're using the media and they do their media presses and yep. all those sort of things so they get the information out there quite quickly once they figure out what is the right direction. The unfortunate thing is, oh, they said we wear a mask this week, oh, we don't wear it this week or why do we have to wear it here and I just go 10 metres up the road and I don't have to wear it there. Yes. So it, it just creates that sort of not understanding about what that is. But there's an opportunity to use zones, uh, which they're using uh, rather than the. as we come out of it, they're trying to relax it a bit more. So that's why it's getting a little bit... Um, us getting used to how we're going to live with it every day. Mm -hmm. 
So that's why it's really important to listen to what the messages are um, because they're really thought out messages um, from from the health professionals. They're really thinking about what is actually going to work for uh, for everyone, not only to uh, prevent COVID running rife within our community, mm-hmm. but also... Um, what we actually is practical. They are thinking about those sort of things uh, as well as how can we um, get it back to normal. Yeah, well, that's the big thing, isn't it, sort of living with COVID. And, um, you know, I keep thinking about the, the common cold and flu and we get a flu injection every year and, and we live with that. And, mm. and you know, it's, you know, um, people haven't had the flu for two years now, but, um, mm. but, mm. Um, but you know, it's getting back to, to a, a life of normality. But... With that comes a lot of risks and a lot of illnesses, and that's why we're having this discussion today. Um, I was just talking off air earlier around the uh, the, the Western New South Wales yeah. outbreak and the, the the havoc that it wreaked there. And you know, I, you know, my mob's from out that way, so I, I knew firsthand. So I know what's coming to Queensland. And if you particularly look at Dubbo and Wilcannia and Peak Hill and Angodia and those communities where they're all living in. Um, uh, camper vans to stay socially distanced and, yeah. and whatnot. It really is scary, um, but I don't think the mob up here are quite grasping just no. h- just how bad it's no. going to be. And you know, because yep. you know you're a specialist in this area. Um, how do we get this education out to to the mob in Queensland to say, hey, this is coming, and get prepared? Yeah. Look, I've had some really sleepless nights thinking about. It's been great that we've been so effective at keeping the virus out mm-hmm. um, and everyone's done a really great job. It's been awesome. The issue now is um, the risk is going to increase. When we open these borders, um, the risk of the virus getting in is is something that we can't contain. So if you are not vaccinated, if you're not protected against COVID-19, um, you are at a high risk of getting it. And it's not only about yourself and whether what effects it might have on you and your body, mm-hmm. uh, which could be unfortunate either way. Um, it's about how that then you could transmit it to other people and they may not have the immune system, they may not have the health, um, be able to be in in the right um, health frame of mind, they might have some sort of other chronic illness Mm -hmm. or they might be um, receiving, you know, cancer treatment. Comorbidities are a big problem. Yeah, huge, huge with our mob. So then when they uh, get the uh, COVID-19, then it, it can be... It just devastating and and elders and and our, our mob that have been around a long time and had a lot of experiences with their information is going to die with with them do we want to do that i, I don't want to be bearing our mob because some young one said the government can't control me yeah like i've been involved in a lot of the communications around this and make the choice campaign was something that i was very passionate about because I wanted our fellas to be, you know, COVID literate, to be able to understand COVID-19 in in whatever ability that they have to um, protect themselves and mobs. So that's what the message all comes back to. Yeah, and I think that's it's really important about that messaging being clear. And we are just mm. saying earlier, you know, there's so much ambiguity. It's so mixed messages, masks, yeah. lockdown here, lockdown there, no lockdown here. And, mm. and that creates a whole lot of, I guess... Um, scepticism around the government's direction and around Mm. COVID-19s and allows conspiracy theories to take place on on social medias and we see this and um, 
you know, I've got anti-vaxxers in my family. Yeah, me too. Um, in the community. Yeah. Um, whilst I understand the level of distrust with government and, and yeah. things like that, what I don't understand is the the complete shutdown. I'm just, I am right, they are wrong. Yeah. And, um, and how, how do we go about educating those mob and having a discussion with the anti-vaxxers so it's not, you know, it's not tension-filled, yeah. but it's just a, a conversation about looking after families and say, hey, maybe get yourself educated and informed properly. But some you can. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely. Look, you know? I, I would encourage all people, all families, all individuals to have um, a clear understanding of COVID coming into these borders opening up, particularly around what does that look like for me? So what are my options going forward? Um, because the most healthiest person uh, can still um, have very serious side effects from this condition. It can kill anyone. There is no discrepancy on that. Um, so it's really important to have your COVID safe plan. So we're doing some work now about that and how to do COVID safe planning with families mm-hmm. um, in the next couple of weeks. We'll can have you, that out. Can you elaborate on that sort of now, sort of some of the points around that? Yeah, so some of the key points are about knowing um, your risk, so your level of risk. So what makes me... Um, what's the exposure points? So where can I get COVID from? How can I pick it up? I mean, you can be just at the fuel station at the same time with someone else, a truckie coming through that's come from Victoria or New South Wales on one of these hotspots. He's pulled up to get fuel. You've pulled up to get fuel at the same time. It can be something as simple as that. The risk is just not like... um, that's why it's important to wear a mask because you just don't know where. And sometimes you need to just wear a mask anyway because yep. people just don't socially distance. So if you can't socially distance, if you can't um, ensure that you're able to wash your hands uh, with soap and all those sort of things, and these are all really good messages and that's why we've done so well with things like the flu. No one's heard of the flu because... We're no all washing our hands we're, we're all wearing washing, masks. That's right. So we're, not jumped, we're not jammed on Sydney trains. Yes, it, so it's cured a lot of other illnesses at the same time it's been a bit of a steamroll effect Mm. um, to this but I think it's really important that you know what's right for you and uh, even if you I'm not sick and I don't want to seek health care go and have a yarn to a health professional whether it is uh, you know at your local AMS or your GP or where it is no wrong door access healthcare now find out what's right for you mm-hmm. um, we're really trying to get hard the um, messaging around COVID planning and that anyone can do it so we're looking to train up some um, local grassroots level people that mm-hmm. are able to deliver these messages as well so it's not just I have to go to a doctor to do this that anyone should be able to do it mm-hmm. um, with some basic training so that's the education package we're pulling together at the moment uh, and we're hoping to get that out and that people can actually make some informed decisions like which vaccine there's all these vaccines this yeah. one does, does this this one does that boosters the yeah what what does this mean for me and oh I'll do one shot but I'm not going to do two and now they're talking about three you know like because yep. that messaging again keeps changing but it's because it's what's the current information at the time is I mean the flu shot changes every year even though it's only one flu shot yep it does change every year because the strain of the flu changes 
the actual germ itself yep. mutates, it changes, it gets a little different flick on it, and then that last vaccine doesn't work anymore, and that's why we need a new That's one. really interesting, because I never knew that till just now. Every year. I thought the, the flu shot you get the flu shot you get. No, and this is why they wait until March yep. on purpose, because they work out what all the strains are that are going around. Yeah. And then they base the flu shot on those strains. Then they wait till March because that's your um, to September. You don't hear about the flu shot unless it's I know, March. I know, but we should. But no. we should be, we should be talking about like this should be. Yeah. You know, people should know that the flu mm. shot changes every year because yeah. it's updated because of the strains. Yeah. And this just correlates perfectly yeah. to the COVID nineteen variants. Mm. You know, we've gone mm. from. The, the first one and now through to Delta and the yeah. same there are other ones out there that yeah. are coming as well yeah. right yeah. and yeah. could be a, a lot worse and and who knows so that goes to show why we're getting the boosters and why things yeah. are yeah. adapting because it's all new it's and even if you get old. the vaccine and you can still get COVID like there's nothing to say you won't get COVID yeah. because of these strains there could be another strain tomorrow that you know Delta's hot at the moment but we don't know what's coming tomorrow so even getting the vaccine is not going to be foolproof mm-hmm. But if you've got some sort of immunity to this, then your body will react in a different way um, to the new strains and will have a lesser effect is what we think. Um, So that's why we're encouraging people to get vaccinated against these strains so that when the new strains come up, you're less likely to... to, And then if it's just a booster we need to bring in that has that particular strain in it, then that's what will happen. Well, I think that's just such an interesting point about the the flu shot being updated every year and the different variants of it. And Mm. yeah, wow, it's interesting. Mm. Um, Signs and symptoms of COVID. Uh, We released a story the other day. um, We did a story here. and It was about an Aboriginal lady in her 50s and she thought she had the cold. She said, I'll be fine. Uh, Woke up in the morning and couldn't really breathe. Mm. Um, You know, this is from Western New South Wales. I think it's labelled in Dubbo. But, you know, it does... When you do contract COVID-19, it does hit, seem to hit pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With the, with the signs and symptoms. Can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yep. no, absolutely. So signs and symptoms, and they're not just flu-like symptoms now, yep. where there's diarrhoea, there's vomiting, there's all sorts of other things as well we need to look out for So as don't well. rush out and get your toilet paper. Yeah, just yeah. wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely don't do that. Um, so the, it's important to uh, get tested, but the thing, key thing with getting tested as well is um, when you've been tested for COVID-19 if you ain't he- heard anything for 24 hours pretty sure you don't have COVID-19 oh, I think, think they'd tell you yeah you oh yeah in this climate they'd be on to you like yeah. so, some people are stressed and I haven't heard anything in 48 hours um look if you're anywhere near positive they are on to you within yeah. 24 hours you will know so don't freak out that um I mean it's best to say um it, until you hear the negative result but, you, you know, as soon as you haven't heard anything for 24 hours from a lab that you, you don't have COVID-19 is basically the key message there. So really, in, in the other thing about testing is it's so important to get tested because um, it's a bit like what I try to explain um, to mobbies. Um, it's a bit like when the cyclone season's coming and you've got a bomb and you're looking at the bomb to see where the cyclone's coming over. Yep. I used to live in Darwin, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so you're watching the, the, what the, um, the weather guys are saying and where the, where the storm's coming, but if we're not testing for COVID, we've got no idea where it could be. 
So that's why it's important for people to get tested. So even though we get negative results and it's annoying and it takes people's time up and they have to, you know, isolate and all those sort of things, the importance is that um, we, if we know that people are getting tested and uh, are going out there and getting tested and it's coming back whether it's negative or positive, if it's positive, we're able to deal with it. If it's negative, then we can rest assure that, okay, but when no one's getting tested, that's when I worry because then where could it be? It makes it hard with this yeah. double vaccination though because as we're seeing in New South Wales, less people are getting tested because yeah. they're opening up and there's, yeah. they've hit the 80% double vaccination rates. Yeah. Um, so that's bringing the, the, the false reporting of it down because um, you know they're saying only 300 people have got it, but that's because less people are getting tested Yeah. because um, of the 80% vaccination rates. So Queensland mob, please... Keep getting tested. Yeah. Please, you know, the test is uncomfortable. Yeah. I just, I went down here. We have got a drive through one down here. I had to go a few weeks ago to get tested, but, yeah. um, yeah, I don't like the one up the nose. No, no, no. I've <laughs> I feel like, it, I feel like it's going into the back of your eyeball. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's uncomfortable. No, but, it's um, very uncomfortable. But, you know, nothing like giving childbirth or anything like that, is no, it? No, no. <laughs> That's completely different. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's a real balance between getting tested mm-hmm. uh, and also getting your vaccinations and making sure you have the complete doses. So if you're told that two is good for you, then two is good for you. Yep. If the message is you need a booster, then you need a booster and just listening to those clear messages. Yeah. And where do, where do you direct people to get their information, the right information? Like everyone is so on their phones, you know, they're just yep. hooking into Facebook and yep. Twitter and um you know, all these different places to get information because that's become the one news source is Facebook particularly. Yeah. Uh, but where can we direct our mob to get the right information and get them away from that, that yarn on Facebook, you know? <laughs> well, I, it's hard to say. Because that's the biggest problem for me. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. get off your phones and get the right information. And we all say, I'll go talk to your doctor, your nurse, your AMSs, but they're not doing it at the moment. Yeah, no, definitely not talking about it at the moment. So, look, we've got our health experts within our communities and, and people like me. I'm an everyday mum who mm. goes home to my family. Um, so it's those people that you trust within within your your family and, and it's where they're getting their information from as well. So generally the message that we give is, you know, any government websites, you know, Deadly Choices or Well Armed, um, with any of the messaging, we support the Deadly Choices campaign and we help them with their messaging. Yep. Um, IUE, um, any of your AMSs, we work with Quake across the state. Uh, all the Aboriginal medical services with their messaging is always on point. They have good Facebook pages and uh, so does Queensland Health yep. have good Facebook pages. Um, they have uh, the government websites, Queensland Health websites, um, but those people that uh, we've got health workers, invaluable health workers that work in our communities mm. that you don't have to go to the doctors to see. They'll be your aunties, your uncles, your, your whatever as well in, in your community or valued members within your community. And that's where we're trying to get messaging to them and then see if we can grow on that with this COVID-19 um, planning for families so that they're able to, to be able to really get that strong messaging. So we're hoping to do better at that. We haven't done really great yeah but that's it's good you recognize that mm. though, you know mm. um and just finally i think we've covered some some really good grounds here around what is COVID, and you know speaking directly to our mob it's been quite refreshing to me to have have a yarn without a doctor you know what oh, i mean and yeah. some of it just goes over my head and i'm a journalist so um 
just to sit here with you and just break it down has been really nice. Um, just finally, what would you like to say to people at home who I guess are still hesitant about getting vaccinated? Some of it comes down to just really stupid, you know, like I was one of them. Um, I was scared of needles. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to wait to see what everyone, happened to everyone else, mm. you know. Is mm. everyone else going to drop or turn into frogs? I was going to wait, but... Um, but, yeah, you know, a discussion with my family and, and particularly my parents sort of, you know, really sort of kicked me into gear with it. Yeah. Um, but for, for you, sis, and speaking to directly to the mob at home there, you know, what can we tell them about getting vaccinated and about COVID-19 to make this really sink in? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, look, I'd say to question it is a good thing. I mm-hmm. want our mob to question it. Because we understand the distrust and everything yes, like that, don't we? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, question it, absolutely. Uh, ask the questions and make sure you're questioning it in the right spaces. So make sure that you're getting your information from people that actually know something about COVID, not that they created this really cool TikTok. Mm. Make sure that we're yep. getting information that is, um, uh, you know, medical sourced, that has some sort of in- informed um information in where we need it. I mean, m- my um, niece at home, she said to me, oh, Annie, I'm not going to get vaccinated because we're going to turn into zombies if we get vaccinated. <laughs> and well, I, Halloween is coming. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, sis, <laughs> um, Nan and Pop are vaccinated. Me and, me and your dad are vaccinated. So we're all going to be zombies together. Do you want to be the only non-zombie and we will attack you? Yeah. So she's going, oh, now, now you said that. Yeah. You know, like, like let, let's actually think about this. Is it real? And what would actually happen? Like, seriously. Yeah. The, you are, uh, the message here is no one's going to turn into zombies because yeah. of this vaccination. And if they do, I'm fully vaccinated and I will be one of the lead zombies probably. Yeah, I was going to turn into a nanobot apparently. Oh, there you go. So I didn't even know what a nanobot was. No. I had to look it up. But, You'll you have know. to educate me then. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to be human mind controlled. I don't know. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. There you go. But, um, but there's a lot of theories out there like that, and they're just not true, fans. Right. But look, absolutely find out. Ask questions. You're right to ask questions. Yes. Don't yeah. ever think you're not. And that's why it's make the choice, because we want you to ask questions. That's the whole lead of that campaign, is please ask questions. Please make sure that you have the right information. And and it's there's, there's so many people out there that you can talk to, your local health workers. Um, you, you can go to the clinic. You can check these websites out, the government websites. Um, We've worked hard, really hard to make sure that we have um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander or First Nations sections on these websites so our mob can relate to that. Um, That's some of the work that we've really tried hard to do. Um, The testing, we've worked really hard to make sure that we have Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander identification on this. That was a real struggle in the early days. We are behind the scenes working really hard to make sure that we can get the information out to you guys. So please find out what is right for you and your family um, and, and go out there and and seek that and plan. And the next stage is the borders are opening up, so then what happens? So if someone in my family gets COVID, which uh, I think we all now need to plan for, yep. we're going into the next phase now. Whether you choose to get vaccinated or not is your choice. Uh, there, there could be restrictions and other things that are put on you because you don't get vaccinated. Um, at the moment, my job, I lose my job if I'm not vaccinated, but I was well vaccinated before they put that in. I mean, 
for me, it was a no-brainer. I'm going to get vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated for everything else. Oh. You know, if um, if I stub my toe and I need to have an you know a booster injection because a tetanus I'm, shot, a tetanus shot. I'm going to have a tetanus shot. Yeah. We do these things all the time. Yep. Like immunisation, getting needles is not a new thing for our mob. Um, so, but it's good to question. Absolutely encourage yes. the questioning. But it's still important to think about um, uh, immunisation is important for, for our mob in general, not just COVID. Um, and when COVID goes, it's about how we can educate mob too about looking after your healthcare in general, not just for COVID, but I would like us to be always thoughtful in the way that we think about how this could affect me. This condition of the moment is COVID, Mm -hmm. how this can affect me and my family and what am I going to do to protect that? And if someone in my family gets COVID or myself, then what happens? Who's going to care for my children? Who's going to care for my family if I need to go to hospital? Um, Who is going to... um, bring us food mm-hmm. if you yep. know if i have to home isolate if that's the situation that i'm put in um would i last at home for 14 days you know uh, w- what would that mean so it's those sort of plans that we need to sort of plan for now so like i was talking before about the cyclone if you've got to go on lockdown because the cyclone's hitting and no one can go anywhere have you got everything at home that you need yep. um to be able to to weather the storm of covid when it hits, because that's the conversation we need to be having now, um, whether you've got the vaccine or not. I'd like our mob to get vaccinated because they're going to open these borders up, mm. whether our mob are 80% or not, or 90%. They're talking about that population. Our mob are only 3%. So if our mob are only 3% of the population and there's 90% of whitefellas vaccinated, there goes our whole tribe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's tribe's gone. Yeah. And we went through this in 1788, don't yeah. forget. It took yeah. 75% of us. The, the flu, yeah. the Spanish flu, what that did to our communities. Yeah. You know, I wasn't here. I'm still... Yeah, I know. There's a lot of showbag mobs still speak about that. Absolutely. The old people, that's all they talk about. Yep. They, they lost a lot of family members in that. So our young people, please, you know, this is our opportunity to make sure that we're around, that we're strong and that we're listening to these messages and we're taking our healthcare back into our hands and getting educated about it. It's really important. Mm. Well, that's really good advice. That's really good local advice. That's really good black advice for our mob. Um, Vanessa, thanks for coming in today and and sharing your wisdom around sort of COVID-19 and and what it is and really breaking it down for our our mob. I think it's just, yeah, it's so important discussion and, um, yeah, thank you for your time. No worries. Thank you. The Make the Choice Podcast.